As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. The Legal Netherworld of Deep Fakes On New Year's Eve 2020, young women from a Long Island town were horrified to learn their photographs had been manipulated and posted online. When the law failed them, they tracked down the culprit themselves. By Olivia Carvel and Margie Murphy Do you have a second? I need to call you. The text came through on Cecilia Luque's phone around 5.45 p.m. on the last day of 2020. She was in a shopping mall parking lot not far from her home in Levittown, a New York suburb on Long Island. She was sitting with her boyfriend in her black Jeep Liberty, waiting for his shift at a movie theater to start. They were chatting about the New Year's Eve party they were hosting later that night. The message was from a former classmate at General Douglas MacArthur High School. Luque found it odd. They'd graduated a year and a half earlier and hadn't talked in months. She texted back, asking if she could call in ten minutes after her boyfriend left for work. He's going to want to hear this too, the reply said. Luque put the call on speaker. There's a website, the classmate said, a weird and creepy site where someone is posting explicit photos of girls from school and writing about them being raped and murdered. There's pictures of you on it, and I wanted you to know that, she said. The phone buzzed as a link to the website came through. It had an extremely graphic internet address, comeonprintedpics.com. Luque started scrolling. She saw Anna, a classmate, in her cheerleading uniform, and Ruby, a friend who'd sat beside her in detention. Then she saw a photo she recognized. It was her, at 18, standing in a dressing room. But the swimsuit she'd been wearing in the original photo, the one she'd uploaded to social media, was gone. Someone had digitally altered the picture so it looked like she was posing completely naked. She knew the breasts weren't hers, but they looked real enough that other people might think they were. She was too stunned to speak. The next image made her gasp. It showed a printout of a photo taken when she was five, with the chubby cheeks and ringlets she'd long since grown out of. An erect penis rested atop the photo, touching her face. The accompanying post encouraged men to ejaculate on it, Then she read, spit on this Spanish spick. Oh, my God, Luque said, choking. I started crying really hard, she says, nearly three years later. You know that kind of cry where you sound like you're dying, all the heavy breathing and shaking and everything? She drove back to her boyfriend's house and called the cops. An hour later, detectives from the Nassau County Police Department were knocking on the door. She hadn't been the first to call that night. Word of the website had spread across Levittown. More than 40 girls from MacArthur High had been targeted. Some were working shifts in clothing stores or sitting at home watching New Year's Eve celebrations on TV when they opened the link to see doctored nude pictures of themselves. Others were at college parties and ran home in tears. Half a world away, unbeknown to anyone in Levittown, A former police officer named Will Wallace was investigating a possible Internet sex crime in New Zealand. Earlier in 2020, an ex-colleague had called him about a case that had stumped police. 
a woman was being bombarded with anonymous emails containing pictures of herself next to erect male genitalia. The photos had also been sent to her parents and to a boyfriend who'd broken up with her after receiving them. The harassment had been going on for years. Wallace, who was trained to dig up evidence online and hoped to start a private investigation business, decided to look into the case. Using a reverse image search tool to find places the photos had appeared online, he was directed to comeonprintedpics.com. The site, which had been around for about a decade, featured thousands of images. Some were rudimentary, made with basic photo editing software. Others were more sophisticated, faces stitched seamlessly onto bodies engaged in sex acts, women who'd been digitally undressed. Threads posted on the site detailed violent fantasies. Some urged internet trolls to find and rape the women. Wallace found an account that had been sharing the photos. The man was later charged with blackmail, harassment, and possession of child pornography. But to Wallace's chagrin, comeonprintedpics.com remained in operation. In the months that followed, as a group of young women on Long Island made it their mission to uncover who'd put altered images of them online, Wallace continued his investigation into the website. When he found out it was charging women to remove photos, he says he was furious. Who the F do they think they are to not only run a website like this, but to also charge people to remove content? He thought. And how are they getting away with this? No federal law criminalizes the creation or sharing of fake pornographic images in the U.S. When it comes to fake nudes of children, the law is narrow and pertains only to cases where children are being abused. And Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act protects web forums, social media platforms, and Internet providers from being held liable for content posted on their sites. This legal landscape was problem enough for police and prosecutors when it took time and a modicum of skill to create realistic-looking fake pornography. But with billions of dollars of venture capital flowing into image-generating software powered by artificial intelligence, it's gotten cheaper and easier to create convincing photos and videos of things that never happened. Tools such as MidJourney and Stability AI's Stable Diffusion have been used to produce images of Pope Francis in a puffer jacket, actress Emma Watson as a mermaid, and former President Donald Trump sprinting from a cadre of FBI agents. The term deepfake was coined on a Reddit forum dedicated to fake porn made with deep learning models. It's now in the Oxford English Dictionary, defined as an image digitally manipulated to depict an individual doing something they didn't. More than 15 billion such images have been created since April 2022, according to Every Pixel Group, an AI photo company. The vendors that design these tools have installed safety filters to ban the creation of explicit images, but because much of the software is open source, anyone can use it, build off it, and deactivate the safeguards. Online security experts say more than 90% of deepfakes are pornographic in nature. Mark Pullman, founder and chief executive officer of Atios, a content moderation company, says he's seen doctored images of girls as young as three, dressed in leather, their hands tied together, their throats slit. Like many technological advances, these AI tools edged their way into popular culture before lawmakers and law enforcement authorities understood their power. One man who did is Bjorn Omer, a professor at Ludwig Maximilian University in Munich and co-creator of Stable Diffusion. Omer says he told academic colleagues last year 
before Stability AI released the software to the public, that he was deeply concerned it had the potential for great harm and wanted researchers to stress test it first. But it was rushed out anyway, he says, to appease investors. A spokesperson for Stability AI didn't respond to questions about Omer's allegations, but said the company is committed to preventing the misuse of AI and has taken steps to prohibit the use of its models for unlawful purposes. In October, the Biden administration issued an executive order seeking to prevent AI from producing child sexual abuse material or non-consensual intimate imagery of real individuals, but it's unclear how and when such restrictions would go into effect. More than a dozen states have passed laws targeting deepfakes, but not all of them carry criminal charges. Some cover only election-related content. Most states have revenge porn laws, and a few, including New York, have amended them to include deepfakes. But some prosecutors say those laws apply only to intimate photos shared consensually. As for images pulled from social media and doctored to become sexual content, no law exists. Success is more than a destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's dedication. It's fortitude. And it's the work, passion, and grit inside of us that comes before all recognition. That's what Stiefel has been doing for over 130 years. And it's why Stiefel is one of the fastest-growing wealth management firms in the country. And Stiefel goes beyond traditional wealth management to offer you a full suite of banking services, direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises, and a leading middle market investment bank. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel has built a company and culture unlike any firm on Wall Street. Because success is the drive it takes to keep pushing. It's the passion to keep investing. It's the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Find a financial advisor at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel, Nicholas & Company, Incorporated. Member SIPC and NYSE. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common, it's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do, that's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Levittown, the first post-war U.S. suburb, looks much as it did in the late 1940s when it was built for veterans, white veterans only, returning from World War II. The streets are still wide and tree-lined. The single-family homes are still uniform, tucked behind manicured lawns and picket fences. The 52,000 residents are still overwhelmingly white. Many work as teachers or cops. It's a very close-knit community, Luque says outside her father's house. Now 22 and an art student at a nearby community college, she goes by her middle name, Cecilia. All the houses are right next to each other, and on the inside they all look exactly the same, she says, waving to a neighbor walking a dog. Levittown is such a safe place to be. Nothing weird ever happens here. Kids don't get abducted. People don't get hurt or assaulted or anything like that. And that's why this was all so crazy. 
By New Year's Day 2021, the former MacArthur students had group threads going, seeking to support one another and unmask the predator behind the harassment. They already had a suspect, Patrick Carey, a former classmate who was then 19. He'd never played sports or had a girlfriend, and they regarded him as a stoner with a superiority complex. His father was a police detective in New York City. Some of the young women had previously received Snapchat notifications that Carrie had taken screen captures of bikini shots they'd posted, pictures that had later appeared altered on comeonprintedpics.com. Others recognized his handwriting from images on the site with words like whore and slut written across their faces. Luque, who was friends with Carrie in school, saw his writing style in some of the long, detailed fantasies posted along with the pictures. Several shared their suspicions with their parents and the police, who told them there wasn't much they could do. They didn't have probable cause for a warrant to subpoena Carrie's IP address. Cyber harassment cases are generally hard to prove. Keyboard predators are savvy and know how to cover their tracks. Digital evidence they may fail to mask or delete is difficult to capture and time-consuming to process. The detectives hunting them are often more comfortable investigating IRL or in-real-life crimes. Online vulgarity isn't high on police priority lists. In this case, what the person had done might be grotesque, but it wasn't obviously illegal. Months went by without an arrest. Deepfake images of Levittown girls, some made from pictures taken when they were as young as 13, were still being posted from accounts with names like Sari Jeinfeld and Tween Hunter. The material was getting even more graphic. Some threads had reached 30,000 views, including one where the poster asked users to send voice recordings to a girl, threatening to rape her to death to finally teach her not to be such a teasing cum target. In May 2021, he wrote about her again, saying how funny it was seeing which TikToks she deletes after they get posted here. He began including the former students' full names, addresses, phone numbers, and social media handles, and prompted others to contact them directly. By summer 2021, the young women started receiving private Facebook, Instagram, and Snapchat messages with their photos beside male genitalia, or covered in semen. They got calls late at night from foreign numbers, with heavy breathing at the end of the line. In response, most deleted their social media accounts. One dropped out of college. Another says she lost 20 pounds from stress. At least two started carrying knives in their handbags. The gravity of the posts did little to accelerate the police response. They told the young women they were still working on the case, but provided no further information. A spokesman for the Nassau County Police Department said detectives conducted a thorough investigation. He didn't respond to specific questions about the case. The victims and their parents cared less about the nuances of the law than the immediate danger. The prime suspect was in their community. If the police weren't going to do something about it, they'd have to do something themselves. Over the summer, a former MacArthur cheerleader found a disturbing photo of herself on the site. She was smiling, wearing a white tank top and jeans. Beside that picture was what looked like a deepfake image of a woman in the same outfit, covered in blood, her hands tied behind her back and a plastic bag over her head. The caption used her real name and said her body had been found near an abandoned construction site with semen in her mouth, anus, and vagina. And it claimed a video of her death was circulating on the dark web. I'd had enough. It had to stop, says the former student. Anna, 
who asked to be identified only by her first name to avoid further harassment. Anna was then working as a special needs aide at an elementary school in Levittown. She'd heard that many of her former classmates suspected one of her oldest friends was behind the pictures. She'd known Carrie since she was five. His parents' modest clabbered house backed onto East Broadway Elementary School, which they'd both attended. By the time they got to MacArthur, Anna was a cheerleader in the popular crowd, while Carrie was into grunge music and weed. But they remained friends, sitting together in a ninth-grade computer class. He'd regularly tease her about being Christian and tell her he'd rather be with the devil. Carrie liked to stir up debates on social media. He'd told some girls their viewpoints on issues like Black Lives Matter were misinformed. You don't need me to explain what a false dichotomy is, do you? He teased one. You're basically a socialist, he wrote another. I'm just trying to spare you the next five to ten years of irrational thinking. He didn't sit for a graduation photo in the 2019 MacArthur yearbook. Beside his name, it just says, camera shy. Anna knew Carrie was odd, but she didn't think he was perverse enough to be behind the pictures. She decided to start her own investigation to unmask the predator and see if she could clear Carrie's name. From her bedroom, she spent hours each night scrutinizing every post her harasser made. In one, he'd shared an image of his genitals bulging out of a little girl's underwear while standing in a girl's bedroom. Looking closely at the background, she saw a white dresser with brown trim and a stuffed toy sloth on a bed. Carrie had younger twin sisters, and Anna began searching for them on social media. She discovered that one of them was posting dancing clips on TikTok. They were filmed from the exact same bedroom she could see on comeonprintedpics.com, in front of the same dresser with the same brown trim. Even the sloth was in the same position on the bed. Oh my God, this is crazy, Anna recalls thinking. It really is him. She says she sent the photos to Detective Timothy Ingram, the lead investigator on the case, in August 2021. You girls are doing our detective work for us, she remembers him saying. That same month in New Zealand, Will Wallace was closing in on the person behind ComeOnPrintedPics.com. The hunt had become an obsession. Disturbed that no one had been able to shut down the site, he spent evenings when he wasn't busy with family responsibilities or online studies for a psychology degree, trying to find out who was behind it. After months of dead ends, he'd hit on the idea of sending an email to an address on the site that offered to remove photos for a fee. In his note, Wallace requested the removal of some fake nudes related to a case he was working on. He got a response asking for $99 to take them down and happily obliged. The invoice came from a company in California called L.A. Nerd IT Consulting, but the payment went to Cloud Cyber Services, LLC. Wallace learned that Cloud was registered in the U.K. to one Scott Trent Costa, born in 1993. The last name had appeared in some email addresses he'd previously connected to the early registration of the website. Gotcha, Wallace thought. A public record search turned up a Scott Trent Costa of the right age residing in Louisiana. He also learned that a company that had appeared on bank statements of some victims who had requested to have their images removed, NOLA Cyber Services, was registered to Trent Costa in the same state. It appeared he'd found the man behind ComeOnPrintedPics.com. On September 5, 2021, according to a police report, Detective Ingram knocked on Carey's door, armed with printouts of some of the worst posts. He was home, as was his mother. Ingram started reading the posts aloud. 
Carrie's mother pleaded for him to stop and turn to her son, who admitted he'd written them. The report is scant on details, and Ingram didn't respond to requests for an interview, but clearly the detective heard enough. He seized Carrie's phone and tablet, placed him under arrest, and escorted him out of the house without giving him a chance to put on his shoes. At the station, Carrie gave a sworn statement saying he'd created an account on comeonprintedpics.com in his senior year, when he was bored and addicted to online porn. He said he got a kick out of the way the site's users shamed girls, wrote rape fantasies about them, and shared their personal information. Carrie's case landed with Melissa Scannell, an assistant district attorney and chief of the cybercrime division for the Nassau County District Attorney's Office. With a background in child sexual abuse cases, Scannell was familiar with the dark corners of the web. Working out of an office at the county courthouse in Mineola, she began reading Carrie's posts. The tenor of what he was writing scared me, she says. I had a fear that this was going to go off the Internet. The police had filed low-level harassment and obscenity charges against Carrie, which were unlikely to result in jail time for a young first-time offender. Scannell had 90 days to raise the stakes. After reviewing Carrie's posts, she walked into the office of fellow assistant district attorney Kelsey Lohrer, who'd gone to MacArthur High, and said, you gotta see this shit. The two got to work filing subpoenas for all the IP addresses linked to Carrie's account on comeonprintedpics.com. They found he'd created 14 usernames to boost his posts and make them appear more popular. In one, he'd even pretended to be a victim, begging for the harassment to stop. The prosecutors obtained warrants to gain access to Carrie's phone and apps, including 10,000 pages of Instagram direct messages. They saw evidence that he'd culled photos from social media and used software such as Body Editor to digitally undress his subjects. Some were so good, you wouldn't know they were fake, Scannell says. The prosecutors soon understood why police had struggled to identify appropriate charges. New York's penal code bans promoting a sexual performance by a child, but the image needs to depict a real incident. The images Carrie manipulated or defiled didn't seem to qualify. Nor did the prosecutors have a path under the state's 2019 revenge porn law because the photos Carrie had used had been posted publicly. Undeterred, they pored over the penal code and spent weeks analyzing all 1,198 photos Carrie had uploaded to the site. We were getting loopy by the end, Scannell says. Then, on October 5th, Laura found a real image of a 14-year-old girl's genitals that Carrie had shared on the site. The photo, taken without her consent six years before by her then-boyfriend, had spread through the school via texts and social media. The district attorneys were aware of the image because the girl had complained to police about it more than a year earlier. The statute of limitations had expired for the former boyfriend, but not for Carrie, who'd shared the image in 2020. I think we've got it, Laura yelled, running into Scannell's office. Two months later, Carrie was charged with multiple felonies, bringing the total number of counts against him to 33. He pleaded guilty in December 2022 to misdemeanor child endangerment and three felonies promoting a sexual performance by a child, aggravated harassment, and second-degree stalking. Not one of the charges related to the 1,198 non-consensual pornographic deepfake images he'd created. Success is more than a destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's dedication. It's fortitude. And it's the work 
passion and grit inside of us that comes before all recognition. That's what Stiefel has been doing for over 130 years, and it's why Stiefel is one of the fastest-growing wealth management firms in the country. And Stiefel goes beyond traditional wealth management to offer you a full suite of banking services, direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises, and a leading middle market investment bank. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel has built a company and culture unlike any firm on Wall Street. Because success is the drive it takes to keep pushing. It's the passion to keep investing. It's the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Find a financial advisor at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel, Nicholas & Company, Incorporated. Member SIPC and NYSE. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common, it's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do. That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. As Carrie's case headed toward sentencing, Will Wallace's efforts to expose Scott Trincosta and get comeonprintedpics.com taken down were getting nowhere. He tried sending the information to law enforcement officials in Louisiana and emailed reporters there with the information he'd uncovered. No one replied. He wrote a blog post laying out the details. No response. Then, in January 2023, Wallace discovered a Reddit forum where posters band together to go after websites that host non-consensual pornographic content. One target was comeonprintedpics.com. Wallace reached out to the blogger leading it, Claudia Lopez, and she shared his investigation unmasking Trent Costa on the forum. Dozens of trolls found Trent Costa's relatives and called them. They hacked into his university email and tracked down an old mugshot for marijuana possession. And they spammed threads on comeonprintedpics.com with Trent Costa's name and photo. Every post was removed immediately. As all that was happening, Wallace and some of the vigilantes were going after the site's business model. First, they reported the site to online advertising company ExoClick, which pulled its ads. Then they turned their attention to the site's host, Russia-based DDoS Guard. Wallace sent an email to the provider, and when he didn't get a response, he added a paragraph to its Wikipedia page. It read, DDoS Guard protects the fetish forum and non-consensual imagery website Come on Printed Pics. The website is known for providing a platform for men to sexually degrade images of women. Within a few days, on April 10th, ComeOnPrintedPics.com was offline. DDoS Guard confirmed in an email to Bloomberg Businessweek that the website is no longer using its services. It didn't say why the site went dark. Finally, Wallace told his wife, this dump has been taken down. Patrick Carey appeared for sentencing in Nassau County eight days later. He'd been staying at home since being released from police custody 19 months earlier. Only one victim testified at the hearing, a young woman named Kayla Michelle. She asked us not to use her last name, who'd known Carrie since she was 13. 
We were friends, she says. We hung out all the time. Even after they finished school, Carrie would send her jokes on Instagram. Now 23 and working in insurance, Kayla had been one of the first in Levittown to find out about ComeOnPrintedPics.com. Her father, an officer with the Nassau County Police Department, had searched her name online one night in early 2020 and found something that disturbed him. Are you aware of this? he asked her, showing her a website on his iPhone. It had a picture of Kayla standing in her boyfriend's backyard, but the bikini she'd been wearing in the original shot had disappeared. She found pictures of herself at 15 with braces, alongside posts encouraging users to vote on which sex act they wanted to do with her, including drinking her urine. Her father tried asking his colleagues for help, but was told there wasn't much they could do. The photos were fake, and the poster was anonymous. Thinking she'd been the only girl targeted, Kayla didn't tell any of her friends. She didn't hear anything more about the site until that New Year's Eve, when word got out. She attended every one of Carrie's hearings leading up to the sentencing, her dyed bright orange hair and nose piercing standing out in court. At one session, the father of a victim had to be restrained after trying to jump the barrier to attack Carrie. At another, Carrie's father abruptly left the courtroom, visibly distressed when some of his son's more graphic posts were read aloud. Kayla says that, after discovering the fake photos, I'd lived with the fear of being by myself, fear of going outside, fear of men in general. She'd had nightmares in which strange men hunted her or she had raped me tattooed on her forehead, just as she'd seen on the website. I didn't want to live my life in fear for what he took away from me. She stepped into the witness box with her handwritten statement. Her hands were shaking so much the paper was barely legible to her. She took three deep breaths and looked at Carrie, who didn't return her gaze. This is for all of the victims, she began. I am looking you directly in the face to tell you that you disgust me. You had the audacity to talk to me through social media, joke with me, and try to be cordial with me, while behind my back belittling me, putting me down, sexualizing my younger self and body. You completely changed the way that I viewed myself and my body, and for that I'll never forgive you. I hear your name and I feel sick. Carrie was sentenced to six months in prison, ten years probation, and lifetime status as a sex offender, which meant he'd no longer be able to own a smartphone or any device with a camera or be within 1,000 feet of a school or a playground. In a press conference after the sentencing, Nassau County District Attorney Ann Donnelly said the depravity on display in the case truly makes my skin crawl. But Carrie had underestimated the bravery of the young women he'd targeted, she said, and that is why we are able to stand here today and make this announcement. Then Donnelly unveiled a proposal to make deep fakes illegal in New York. The Digital Manipulation Protection Act, she said, would make it a criminal offense to publish sexually explicit photos that had been digitally altered, whether the images were originally shared on social media or not. A version of the bill has been introduced in the state assembly and is looking for sponsors in the Senate. With Carrie behind bars, the Nassau County prosecutors had one final task. Scannell and Lohrer drafted a letter to send to ComeOnPrintedPics.com, providing Carrie's certificate of conviction and an outline of the case. Based on his criminal conviction arising out of his posts, they wrote, we would respectfully request that you remove all posts by usernames associated with him. But when they went to the website to search for the administrator's email in April, they discovered the site was gone. 
they didn't know that an ex-cop in New Zealand had seen that it was taken down. That should have been the end of it, except it wasn't, when Business Week, drawing on publicity records obtained through a Freedom of Information Act request, searched for usernames Carrie had employed on ComeOnPrintedPix.com. The names also turned up at the URL TributePrintedPix.com. It was the same website with a different address. What? Scannell said in August, when told about TributePrintedPix.com. It's back? She tried to open it on her work phone, but was blocked by a firewall. She texted a colleague, a cybercrime analyst with unrestricted web access, and asked her to see if the deepfakes of the former MacArthur students were still visible. Minutes later, the analyst texted back in all caps, What the actual F? Later that day, Scannell and Lohrer sent their letter to the administrator of TributePrintedPix.com. Most of the MacArthur class of 2019 deepfakes have since been removed from the site, but thousands of other images remain including some showing teenagers with semen running down their faces or participating in group sex. Some users on the site offer stable diffusion deepfakes for sale, while others post pictures of women taken from social media and ask who can fake them. Business Week's efforts to track down Scott Trincosta at L.A. Nerd IT Consulting's office in Monterey Park, California, were fruitless. A person at the address said no one from the company had been around in years, and mail addressed to Trent Costa had been piling up. An email sent to him in November, informing him that Business Week intended to identify him in connection with ComeOnPrintedPix.com, elicited a plea not to name and shame, and an explanation that people who don't want to have their pictures posted can have them removed for free. The sender signed off by calling the reporter weirdo. As for Wallace, he's put his hunt for Trent Costa on hold. He's now working as a health and safety inspector on a construction site in Queenstown, in southern New Zealand. The young women in Levittown are trying to move on, but it's hard. Fourteen of them have protection orders out against Carey until 2031. They still can't grasp how what he did to their photos is legal. As for Carey, he was released from prison in September after four months, with time off for good behavior, and is back home. He and his father declined to comment for this story. In early November, Cecilia Luquet was driving through Levittown when she saw Carrie wandering down the street. He was wearing a brown hoodie and had headphones on. She recognized his walk. My heart started racing and I started crying, says Luquet. She turned her car around to confront him, but by the time she got back to the spot, he disappeared. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Success is more than a destination. It's dedication, it's fortitude, and it's the work, passion, and grit inside of us that comes before all recognition. That's what Stiefel has been doing for over 130 years, and it's why Stiefel is one of the fastest-growing wealth management firms in the country. And Stiefel goes beyond traditional wealth management to offer you a full suite of banking services, direct access to one of the industry's largest research franchises, and a leading middle market investment bank. It's the best of each of us, made better by the best in all. All of us. And that is where success meets success. 
Find a Stiefel Financial Advisor at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel, Nicholas & Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE.